consider tripinsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from tripinsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. If you're not in Jacksonville, listen to us around the world on cruiseradio.net. First and most importantly, big apology for last week. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not taking the blame for this. Yeah, I screwed up because I was the phone screener. Yeah! You know what? Let's blame it on the intern that we don't really have. imaginary intern. Wait. So, yeah, yeah, it was uh, Eden Kendall, one of our listeners in Indianapolis, sailed aboard the Liberty of the Seas. Yes. And uh, we had said that it was Navigator of the Seas. But she called me, and I was on the phone. Oh, here come the excuses. No, I was was IMing you the ship name, and Uh I was IMed you Navigator instead of Liberty. So I... I'm a trained monkey who will read whatever you put on the teleprompter. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, our apologies about that. It was Liberty of the Seas, and uh, we'll have a review of Navigator of the Seas uh, at some point, I'm sure. All right. That said, on this show, Editor-in-Chief of Vacation Agent Magazine, Teresa Norton Masick, will give her review of the Silver Spirit. Also, a little controversy with the drag stars at Sea Cruise on Carnival Glory. Uh, we'll check in with Chris Owen. He'll give us the latest on that. But first, Stuart Shearer on the cruise, guys, here. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Doug. Hey, Matt. Disney Cruise Line is officially preparing for their new Miami sailings. What kind of festivities are we seeing? Well, I don't know if they're, it's official. I mean, is there an unofficial version? Sure. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're getting ready for their inaugural season from Miami. And uh, today they had uh, Mickey on a speedboat where they had, uh, of course, fireworks to kick off. And uh, they, they have a nice big banner on the side of the port of Miami saying, See you real soon. So uh, we've got 25 days until Disney Wonder makes her debut on December 23rd in Miami. So it's always very exciting to see, uh, you know, other cruise lines when, you know, they're excited about new ports. They're going to do very well there. So, Stuart, what is this? I'm reading that there was a close call with Celebrity Eclipse in Antigua. It looks like the paper was reporting something. What do you have? Well, uh, you know, they, they have a lot to be thankful on that Thanksgiving cruise. The captain uh, sent a very strongly worded letter to the uh, port officials in Antigua after he said the ship was directed into a channel where it came very close to hitting the bottom. So they they certainly weren't uh, very happy about it. And, uh, you know, they did have a pilot on board uh, who was assigned to them uh, at the last minute, but they got too close to the the bottom and uh, they're going to have to make some adjustments if they want to see the ship again. I understand Princess is expanding their presence in Asia. Well, what they're doing on their Diamond Princess, which is currently Princess's largest cruise ship, uh, they are going to be uh, adding a couple sailings in October and November of 2013. So there'll be uh, 10 and 11-night Asia cruises sailing round trip from Singapore and taking in some of Southeast Asia's uh, best ports, which uh, you know include Bali and Bangkok and... Uh, Phuket, uh, Thailand, um, as well as Penang, Malaysia, Tukinaville, and uh, Cambodia. So there's some really nice uh, options there. Very good. Carnival is expanding their all-you-can-drink program to more ships and change the name. What's the new name and uh, what ships are going to offer it? Well, the funny thing is no one can remember the the first name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, this one they're calling Cheers, so I call it Cheers for Beers. Catchy! And uh, it's going to be available on Carnival Victory, Splendor, Carnival Breeze, and Carnival Dream. And this is a chance for everyone to be able to drink like a Norwegian for $50 <laughs> per person per day. Uh, you'll be able to enjoy those uh, alcoholic beverages, which are essentially $10 
or less. Speaking of Carnival, I want to talk about the Drag Stars at Sea Cruise on the Carnival Glory. And we're going to get travel writer Chris Owens' take on it in a little bit. But I want to hear what you have to say about it, Stuart. Well, it was a, a totally, uh, it was a big misunderstanding. And what a lot of people needed to understand is of the, you know, almost 3,000 passengers, 1,000 uh, people were part of this group. And uh, what was happening was, uh, you know, they, the Carnival essentially told the people they did not want them dressing up in drag um, and uh, essentially you know, claiming, you know, there was claims of misunderstanding, but it's very important to understand that in no way, shape, or form was any discrimination intended. The cruise lines, any cruise line, has an obligation to protect uh, the experience of, of all of the cruise passengers, not just any particular group, and they certainly don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable which I believe is where, you know, all this came out. But, of course, you had some people that fly off the handle, and the only word that they know in their vocabulary is discrimination, and right. it has nothing to do with it. And the miscommunication was when the travel agency, it's not Carnival, when the travel agency presented the information, the proposal to Carnival, they were told that only the performers would be dressed in drag during their private events. But what happened was you had other people within the group that wanted to dress and that was not uh, ever part of the discussion. Again, the cruise, the cruise lines, no matter what the group, have an obligation to protect the overall experience of the passengers because this is not this is a a private group. This is not a, a carnival group. Right. But uh, and, and it is a gesture of goodwill. Carnival is allowing it to go forward. But uh, and any passengers that are wanting to cancel for any reason, uh, they are being um, given a full uh, refund. Which, uh, which, which is really, uh, you know, pretty nice, uh, considered, uh, you know, most cruise lines never do stuff like this. And they're also uh, providing re uh, reimbursement for any non-refundable travel-related expenses. I don't know why this thing got to get all pissy. <laughs> I want to talk about the uh, Azamara journey and the attack by pirates. Yeah, very We haven't heard about this in some time, but uh, Azamara Club Cruises, Azamara Journey, which is a 30,000-ton ship with about, you know, 700 people on it, uh, evaded uh, Somali pirates. The ship was sailing just off the uh, 15 miles off the coast of Oman, and it's actually kind of surprising how far uh, north and east the pirates uh, were uh, at the time. But uh, the ship fired a couple of flares, made you know, took some maneuvers, and uh, were able to uh, escape uh, the two pirate skiffs that were uh, hot on their trail. But it does show the the dangers of sailing in the area from. You know, Dubai and going from the Arabian Sea into the Gulf of Aden, which, you know, does is covered, you know, by Somalia, and then heading through uh, and up into the Red Sea. So, you know, pastors you know, and you know need to take, you know, be concerned when they're sailing in the area. But uh, you know, the ships they're there are going to be doing everything they can to ensure the ship's safety. And what's interesting is that they tend to follow along in military escorted convoys. So uh, it's you know it'll be interesting to find out when more information uh, is is made available. Um, where where was their help or where was their ride? They still using the high pitch frequency gun, the uh, long range acoustical devices. Yes. Um, well, I mean some ships have it, but they don't disclose who's got what and what their uh, security procedures are. Right. But uh, they they do have them and they will do everything they can to protect it. It emits a high pitch frequency to hurt their ears yeah, basically. Uh, but uh, I don't see, you know, uh, you know ships coming down the the way here that uh, may have uh, torpedo tubes or anything in them. Yeah. <laughs>
So, uh, but you know, thankfully, uh, you know, none of the passengers and were hurt, and the ship is safe as well. All right, sir. So we have a listener question here from Peter in Katy, Texas. He says, "I'm flying into Fort Lauderdale for a cruise and want to do a pre-night hotel stay. What is your recommendation?" Well, there's actually a lot of places uh, in and around the port area, out by the airport. Uh, you have a nice airport Hilton and a Sheraton. Uh, a little on to uh, you know the 17th uh, Street area. You've got uh, you know, the the uh, Hilton Marina. There's a uh, Embassy Suites. There's a Renaissance uh, Hotel, which is only a, a few years old. And then, of course, you know, if you want to, you know, you want something on the beach, the only uh, hotel actually on the beach uh, happens to be the Harbor Beach Marriott, which uh, you know is nice if you're going to come in for a couple of days. But there are plenty of there are really uh, some nice options up in Fort Lauderdale for pre or post cruise options. Right on. Very good. Thank you so much, Stuart. You bet. This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or best? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being. And they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website. And they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now. TripInsurance.com. It's raining Travel writer Chris Owen is with us. And Chris, we asked Stuart about this. We want to get your take on it. The drag stars at Sea Cruise. And no better ship to have this on than the Carnival Glory. Holy cow, I'll tell you what. Uh, it looks like a good ship. <laughs> I don't uh, get it. Why? Huh? <laughs> I'll explain it to you later, Douglas. Okay. okay. No, it's all good. Vague uh, stars at sea. The Caribbean Adventure Revenge of the Winch is the actual title of the. Of is the that right? Series. Yeah, it is. It's a big long. It's a big long title, and it starts uh, on uh, December second on the Carnival Glory, uh, sailing to the Caribbean. It's a, a theme cruise like any other theme cruise. There's there's nothing different about it except. In my opinion, they should have uh, chartered the whole ship. This, you, you, can do, you can do theme cruises two ways. You can do it as a group or a partial charter, right. or you can do it as a full charter. Um, Atlantis Events, which does uh, a lot of uh, gay-oriented uh, uh, cruises, charters the whole ship. They can, when you charter the whole ship, you can do whatever you want with the ship. You can go wherever you want to do, do whatever you want to on the ship. doesn't matter. It's your ship for that period of time. 
They didn't do that with the promoters of this. Um, a different different uh, outfit didn't do that with this ship. It's either a partial charter or a, a large group. I'm not sure which one, but anybody can book on this cruise. So someone just decide, looks. Just someone just wanted to go on a cruise. Looks and says, "Oh, look, the Carnival Glory goes to these places on in this first of December. That's a great price. I'll go on that cruise." And that would have wouldn't have been a problem except that um, the people on the Drag Star cruise were planning on really getting into the whole scene by um, dressing and, and dressing up themselves in their own costumes, the passengers, right. in their own costumes, in drag, and, um, and enjoying the festivities that way. Um, Carnival was worried about that um, with uh, the family crowd that is on the cruise um, you can just imagine that some people would be offended. Well, I'm looking at a comment from participant Fifi O'Hara. Right. Is that her real name? Yes, certainly yeah. it is. Sounding off about it, how they're being told uh, how to act, what to wear, and, and who to be and stuff like that. Well, I think she's got a point. Carnival had sent out a letter to um, the people in the group earlier in the week saying that um, this is a problem because... We need to, when we board you onto the ship, we need to match your photo ID with you, and you need to look like the photo ID. And if they can't make a positive identification while they're on the cruise, they, would, they could be disembarked at their own expense with no refund given, which I can, I, on one hand I can understand Carnival's point, but on the other hand, the people in that group, they had no idea this was, this was going to be a problem. They, they, they might have gone on other cruises, theme cruises like this, and, and, and done whatever they wanted to. On this one, they're not going to be able to because of that reason. In the end, what happened was um, uh, Jerry Cahill, uh, he wrote a letter to everyone on the cruise talking about how this is just a misunderstanding, that um, the cruise line was misinformed uh, a little bit about uh, the participation of the group cruise people, not just the performers. The performers, that's not a problem. The performers right. are, going, are, are doing shows, uh, are professionals. They're doing, right. show, they're doing shows in a, in, a, in a venue on the ship, a private venue. No one can go to the shows except the people that paid to go to the shows, and so the general public won't be wandering in, and, um, and, and that, that's, that's not a problem. But um, in order to um, make it, ha- make it uh, work out right for everyone, um, I thought it was very, uh, uh, very nice of, of them to say that they're uh, sorry that it was uh, miscommunicated and that anyone who wishes to dress in drag may do so. But keep in mind that uh, the safety and security procedures require guests to present government ID and be recognizably that person. But the, he went on to, go, to take it a step further in, which, which, what, in what I think is an unprecedented move where he said anyone um, who wishes to cancel for any reason can do so and get a re- full refund as well as reimbursement for any non-refundable travel-related expenses, which they didn't have to do that. that they didn't have to do that at all. Um, they, what could have happened was um, someone comes on the ship dressed in drag, does not look like the picture that they took on their passport, and they could deny them boarding. Travel writer Chris Owen, thank you again. Always a pleasure. Have a question for the experts? Or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. 
Teresa Norton Massick, editor-in-chief of Vacation Agent Magazine. Great to have you back. And I mean that. It's great to be back, and you do sound sincere my, about that. My sincerity workshops are really paying <laughs> they off. They really are. <laughs> you were recently aboard Silver Spirit. Yes, I was. How long was that? Well, it was a nine-night cruise to the Canary Islands and Morocco, which was a very interesting itinerary for me. Um, yeah, Silver Sea is a luxury brand, yeah. and I was aboard the Silver Spirit, which is its um, newest ship. It's about three years old now. And it's a luxury experience. You know, it's on par with the other luxury lines in the cruise industry. Yeah, what's a good comparison? I'd compare it to, you know, Crystal, Seaborn, Regent Seven Seas. But interestingly enough, Silver Sea says its biggest competitor tends to be the land-based resorts, you know, the luxury resorts like a Ritz-Carlton or a Four Seasons. Interesting. But, of course, those are not all-inclusive as a cruise is. On a Silver Sea cruise... Your meals are all included. Your wine and beer is all included. Wow. So Silver Sea ends up looking like a, a great value compared to land-based resorts. So you embarked on the Canary Islands, and um, me knowing nothing about that area, like where do you fly into? How would you get to the ship, and was embarkation easy? Embarkation was very easy once I got there. Um, I didn't know much about the Canary Islands either. You know, it's sort of an exotic-sounding place off the coast of Morocco, northern Africa, and Spain in that region. Um, but to get there, you have to fly to Madrid and connect to Gran Canaria. And it often requires an overnight in a hotel, either in Madrid or on the island, just because of the way the, the flight schedules are configured. And it was a very easy boarding once we got there. You know, the Canary Islands are sort of, they're very popular with the European tourists. I mean, they're virtually, you know, not even on the American vacation map. But, you know, it was very easy to get on board. So, Teresa, I was checking out the layout of this ship um, online on the website. It looks uh, pretty cool. It looks like it has quite a few different dining venues on it. Yeah, something like, I think it's six dining venues altogether, uh, which includes your own suite, because every suite has butler service. So if you choose to have a lazy night, and the suites are all huge. The smallest one is 312 square feet which that's a pretty big, pretty spacious suite. But the butler will bring in your dinner. You can select off the dinner menu of the main dining room, and they will serve it to you course by course in your suite if you so choose. Otherwise, there are six restaurants, of course, the main dining room. And what impressed me about the main dining room was how they would feature uh, dishes based on the region in which we were cruising. You know, for instance, we were we were in Morocco, and all of a sudden we were eating things like roasted sea bass with Arabian spices. Oh, yum. The appetizers included things like hummus and baba ganoush with freshly made pita bread, you know, Moroccan couscous with lamb and spices, things like that. So it was interesting. You were sort of tasting the food of the region in which we were cruising. So the main dining room is very, very lovely, delicious food. One of the other restaurants I like is called La Terraza, um, and that is casual for breakfast and lunch. It's the buffet restaurant. For dinner, they put tablecloths out. It becomes a little more formal, um, but they 
it's a proponent of what they call the slow food movement, where you try to, you know, slow things down and get away from the fast food eating, you know, take your time, savor every bite. Uh, they try to feature a lot of foods from the areas uh, where they cruise. For instance, the buffalo mozzarella is from Naples. You know, they get the um, air-dried ham out of Parma, you know, trying to promote the Italian flavors. Um, let people take time and really enjoy the dinner. Yeah, these dining venues look really, really cool. And I saw something that you could probably tell me more about. You could cook your steak on like a 3,000-degree rock or something? <laughs> yes, it's very cool. It's it's on the pool deck. It's called The Grill, simply enough. And it's a fairly casual venue, but it was pretty cool. You sit down and you order. I think I ordered a small filet mignon and some prawns, which were huge. And what they do is they bring it out with... Um, this square of it's a like lava rock or volcanic rock and it's heated up and i don't know how hot exactly it's heated up but it comes out with the food on it and the food is like smoking and steaming away and you sit there and you turn it as you like and you cook it to you know however you like to have your steaks done so you have nobody to blame but yourself if it's bad exactly right (laughs) if you overcook it it's your fault um but it's kind of fun you know it's a little interactive fun experience Tell me about the specialty restaurant Le Champagne. I like your accent That's nice, there. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Workshops. Mm. Well, Le Champagne <laughs> is is created in in um, concert with chefs from the Relais and Chateau, which is a very upscale organization of inns and hotels in Europe. But Le Champagne has like a tasting menu. It's many courses, and it's paired with wines. So that's where you want to go if you want to have a really special, it's a very intimate experience. There is a cover charge for that one of $30. I could probably live off Asian cuisine. I love it so much. Tell us about Seishin. Yes, I know you like your sushi, Matt. Seishin is the Asian restaurant. Um, It's very small and intimate, only open for dinner, just 24 guests. Um, Mm. So it's very small and cozy, very high-end sushi, sashimi, Asian dishes, cover charge of $30 for that restaurant as well, because it's very popular, as you can imagine. Clearly, this ship is way too fancy for me, but uh, how was the layout of it? Like, was it pretty easy to navigate and get around? Yeah, the thing that was easy about it is basically the ship essentially um, is like divided in half. Forward are all the cabins on every deck. There are eight passenger decks, and the aft part of the ship is where all the public areas are. So when you're in a public area, you know that you just walk forward, and you'll eventually get to the accommodations area. Um, How were the cabins? Uh, You mentioned they were huge uh, guest suites. Yes, they were huge. Um, I was happened to be upgraded uh, to what is called a silver suite. That's 742 square feet. I would have been quite happy to live in that suite, I tell you. You know, because it has a separate bedroom, it has one long, it's almost like the great room concept with, you know, dining table at one end, um, couches at the other end, uh, good-sized balcony, very lavish marble, Italian marble bathroom with oh, a jetted man. tub. Good Lord. Um, just extremely comfortable. A big walk-in closet. Nice. Yeah. Did you check out any of the entertainment? Yes, I did. I would say overall the entertainment on board tends to be more of a lower key than you would find on other cruise lines like Carnival or Royal Caribbean. You know, you'll have like a jazz combo playing in the lounge, you know, musicians and singers performing in the evening. They do have a new entertainment program. They do have shows at night, which tend to be mostly like singers. Like one night there was a show um, that, that focused on the Motown music. 
So it was a group of, I think, six singers, and they went through the whole Motown library or a good part of it. And, you know, it's pretty entertaining, but no showgirls or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Help me out. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I was looking at the prices for these cruises, and they're not cheap. They're a pretty penny, but my question is, are excursions included on these sailings? No. Excursions are not included, except for the fact that Silver Sea sometimes offers special shoreside events, um, but those are only on certain cruises, so you have to look for that in the itinerary. And again, Silver Sea has an expedition ship called Silver Explorer, which operates in Antarctica and places like that. Excursions are included on that ship and will be on their second expedition ship, which is um, joining the fleet next September, the Silver Galapagos. But no, for the most time, for the classic Silver Sea ships, no excursions are included. Um, But they do provide one nice thing is there's a a shuttle that goes into the center of town in most of the ports of call. Because, you know, on some cruises, you get off the ship and town is, you know, a few miles away and you have to pay to get there or walk a long way. Any tips for first-time cruisers on Silver Sea? Yeah, I think the thing to remember is obviously they're not cheap cruises. They do cost you a little bit, but the line likes to say it's a great value because, you know, as I said, the food's included, all the drinks. You get a bar set up in your cabin with whatever kind of alcohol or wine or whatever you request. So that's what you have to take into account when you're comparing prices. Um, It's it's a very international kind of a a ship. Um, They get about 50% of their passengers from North America, and the other half come from, you know, continental Europe, the U.K., um, Australia, New Zealand. So you have to be prepared that you're going to be mingling with a lot of different kinds of people who may not speak your language. Sure. Children are welcome, but there's not really any programs for them, so they have to be able to entertain themselves or you have to entertain them. Um, so it's probably better for, you know, Kids who are a little older, a little more mature, sure. that type of thing. Let's go back to the butler. Do you have to tip them? Well, gratuities are included on every Silver Sea cruise. That's another thing that's included. So technically, no, you do not have to tip your butler. But after the service they give you, I tell you, after almost mm. a week on board, I, I, I did I wanted to tip my butler. I understand some of the butlers insist on just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wouldn't know about that, Matt. Why don't you elaborate? <laughs> oh, it's always a pleasure. We love you so much, Teresa Norton Masick, <laughs> editor and chief of Vacation Agent Magazine. God bless you, my dear. Hey, it's always my pleasure to join you. I just got a G message from Chris Owen. He says, uh, "Ask Teresa if she has a feather boa he can borrow for the cruise for the drag stars <laughs> at sea cruise." <laughs> no, unfortunately, I do not own a feather boa. <laughs> okay. I don't seem like the feather boa type, I don't think. Oh, I can see you. I'm envisioning it now. (laughs) You in nothing but a feather boa. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, that would be a treat, wouldn't it? (laughs) All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget, we've got an app. Take Cruise Radio with you wherever you go on your smartphone. Simply search Cruise Radio Live in your smartphone app store. And be sure to sign up for our cruise news updates right there on our website, cruiseradio.net, upper right-hand corner. From the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio.